Welcome to a learntolearn.org podcast. We are here to support your learning, taking off the limits that we have accrued to our learning and adding in those ingredients that we've learned from world-class learners that have made them the best so that we can each update our own programming and become the best learners that we can be. We're really glad that you're here to share some time with us. We hope that this brings you exactly what you need today to better engage in your life and your learning. Today we're going to explore a very interesting area of learning, and that has to do with taking tests. Many of us have a real strong negative association with tests and the whole process of preparing for tests and taking tests. And, you know, some people relate to uh, testing as though it would be more desirable to high-five a cactus than to take a test. We just don't want to do it. Well, today we're going to look at testing in a very different way, and in a way that by the time we get through this, I think you'll find that you can look forward to taking a test. You can enjoy testing. We're going to approach it again in a very different way than what you may have encountered in school. Let's begin our exploration of this with thinking a little bit about Buckminster Fuller, one of the great creative geniuses of the 20th century. Bucky was a man that spent most of his life completely energetically devoted to how to make things better for all of humanity. He was an explorer in many, many different areas including some about educating. And he was himself very much an educator. And in speaking about testing, he once said that a test that anyone could get 100% on was a wasted test. Why would he say such a thing? Well, from his perspective, testing was nothing about getting a grade, proving yourself. Testing was all about figuring out what you didn't know well enough yet so that you could tackle that area that you had challenges with and improve it. That's the essence of what we're going to be exploring here today and how testing can be used to enhance learning. One of the best researched areas of enhancing learning is the application of testing as a way to engage the brain more deeply in learning. Let me explain. There has probably been more research on the impact of testing on one's ability to learn than almost any other area, and it has proved to be one of the most effective ways of enhancing learning if applied properly. So let's go back to one of our earliest references to begin to explain this. Back in the 1600s, Francis Bacon said something to the effect of, if you read something 20 times, it's not as good as reading it 10 times and attempting to recite from memory what you have read each time. 
And then when you find where the shortcoming is, go back and reread that, and then again, attempt to recite it. This is a form of testing ourselves. This changes how our brain engages in learning in a way that helps it learn better. So in the multitude, literally hundreds of studies that have been done, every possible variation on this has been applied. Now, the kind of testing we're talking about here, hopefully it's becoming obvious that we're not testing to produce a grade. We're testing one so that we can see, as Francis Bacon talked about, what we have already learned. But the testing goes even further. Let me give you an example. There are studies that have been done where people have read a paragraph and then immediately been tested after. Another group reads the same paragraph and is tested a day later, a week later, a month later to see what impact that has. Those people that are tested very soon after they've read that paragraph increase their recall of that material much more completely than somebody who is, say, tested a month later. There's something about going back right away and sort of asking our brain, what, what did you get out of that? What did you learn there? Do you, do you remember this? What about that? In one way of thinking about it, it sort of tells the brain, hey, are you paying attention? Did you get this? Here's what's important. And it, in a way, directionalizes the brain. It says to the brain, pay attention to these things. Or, oh, you weren't paying attention to this. Now we can go back and we know that's important. We can review that and we know what we're looking for. We know what we're needing to understand. In some of the research on this, it has been proven that testing soon after reading some material will improve our recall up to two and a half times. That's pretty astounding. So if we go back and test shortly after, and then we do it again a couple days later and a few days after that, we get even more impact from this process. So let me just say it again. If we read something and then actually test ourselves or have someone else test us shortly after, it really fixes in our memory what we have learned. Some people think that it is that I read it, it goes into memory, and now by retrieving it very soon after, it enhances or further engages that neural pathway through which that memory and the understanding that comes with it is engaged in our brain. Now, Let's contrast that with what is often done when somebody is studying, when they're learning something. A lot of people will read something and maybe they highlight it, underline it, or whatever, and then soon thereafter go back and reread it. Or maybe they go back and reread it prior to the test. And on that second reading, it feels more familiar. And so they conclude that oh, I've got it now. I understand it. It feels familiar. This is what psychologists call fluency. 
the idea that if I can remember something now, when I'm exposed to it, I've just read it because it feels familiar, that somehow that means I know it. That if I've read something two or three or however many times, it feels familiar and that's what I'm going for. Well, in the studies that have been done, that has not proved to be a very good indicator of our ability to remember something later or even to understand it well and make use of it later. It seems that if we, instead of that, if we quiz ourselves, and that can be done a lot of different ways. Some people will use flashcards to go back and question themselves. Other people will review it with a friend and have the friend question them. Some people will go to the questions at the end of the chapter and use those to see how well they understand. Lots of different ways of doing that. But that requires us to work a bit harder to dig out that information. And again, in the studies and the speculation that comes out of that, it seems that that working a bit harder to recall the information rather than just assuming because it's familiar that we've got it, that working harder engages the brain in a different way, really making the brain go into that recall and apply the understanding. That seems not only to enhance that pathway, but it starts to connect it to other things in our brain, other associations, other understandings, because we're trying to elucidate on what we've learned. We're trying to demonstrate our understanding. Conversely, it seems that the easier it is for us to recall something, the less learning that's going on. I mean, we may be able to recall it, but that deepening of the actual learning appears to be less. So there's a question that comes up then about what's the ratio between how much time I spend reviewing something and how much time I spend trying to recall it in different ways is best? What's the most effective way to do that? without going into all the different studies and all that, but just the, the conclusions, is about a third of the time reviewing it, reading it, going back over it, looking at our notes, all of that seems ideal. And about two-thirds of the time working to recall it and apply it. This kind of review is a way of quizzing ourselves, testing ourselves, finding out, do I actually know it? I just want to repeat then, once we've reviewed it and we have tested ourselves on it, we use that to then enhance our review. So if there's something that I didn't quite get, then great, go back and look up that information. And then with this new understanding, test ourselves again. Another way to test ourselves is repeat it out loud. You know, if we don't have someone there to quiz us, just out loud state our understanding. Well, here's how that works, blah, blah, blah. And then when we've been through that whole process, we again find what we know and what we don't, and we go back and we review the information again until we have it down very solid. So let me just repeat what the benefits of this kind of testing are. 
As we said before, it enhances the retention of information more than twice what we do without it. That really makes this a much better use of time. It enhances our understanding. We get better pattern recognition. We get a more kind of logical understanding of what it is. It's laid out more clearly in our mind. We're able to make more logical leaps from what we've read to where else it would apply. It reduces our forgetting of the information at a much later date. And it also, it increases our recognition of what we've learned. And that's really important because it gives us confidence in what we know. And of course, that greatly reduces anxiety when it comes to tests. But it also, with that increased confidence, lets us engage at a much greater level in our day-to-day life. Now, here's a really wild application of this, and that's called pretesting. There has again been research on taking a test before you're ever even exposed to the material. And of course, anybody that has not been exposed to the material and has tested on it is likely to do quite poorly. But if this is done before we are exposed to the material, before we begin to learn it, the research shows that people learn the material much, much better. Why the heck is that? It seems like it points out to our mind what it is we're looking for, what's important, and it starts to give us a structure to put what we're learning into. So often when we're learning new material, it just seems like random data. We kind of don't know where to put it. Our brain doesn't quite know how to store it, what the relationship between one data point is and another. And this kind of pretesting seems to give the brain a beginning of a structure to put that information into so it's easier to retrieve it later. Well, how can we use this? One way that we here have used for a long time is to have people look through a chapter, let's say, that they're reading and just read the highlights and ask themselves, what do I know about that? As though they're already supposed to know something about those uh, headings throughout the chapter. Or look at the chart that one may find and ask, well, what do I know about this and how does this apply and what does this mean about this topic? Well, again, they're going to do pretty poorly in the beginning, but it sets the brain up to learn better when they go back through much more thoroughly. Very helpful and really easily done. You can kind of preview a whole chapter this way in a couple minutes. And then when we go through and actually read the chapter or read the book or watch the video or whatever it is that we're doing, our brain is sort of primed to take that information in and understand it better, recall it better, and be able to more easily utilize it well into the future. So a very interesting variation on testing that we can easily do with ourselves. We can pretend, we can look at the chapter headings and imagine standing up in front of a group of people and explaining to them the material. And of course, we're not going to do it very well. But it can be fun. 
and we do want to have fun with this, um, you know, sort of making up some facts and fiction about this topic and explaining it to somebody and then jumping into the material. Our brain is going to start to go, oh, that's how it works. That's what that means. That's what I needed to understand. And this can be very, very helpful, again, for just priming the brain. So there's a lot of use for this quizzing, testing, checking out what we know. You can imagine different ways that you can contest yourself on information. I know some people, when they're sitting in a meeting, are always thinking about, as the group is trying to set a future course or decide what they're going to do with a particular area, they're already imagining applying this out in the future, doing what they think they're going to need to do and noticing what they don't know so that they can listen for that information in the meeting. That's another version of this testing ourselves, checking, quizzing, querying, what do I know and what don't I know? And it may be more important to figure out what I don't know so I can look for that information. We've often heard it said that one of the ways to know if we've really learned material is, can we teach it? Can we teach it to others? Many years ago, some of us here on our team had the uh, opportunity to interview somebody that was particularly good at learning new material in a instructional setting. We noticed again and again that when the instructor got done teaching a segment, that this person could apply it nearly as well as the instructor. Well, everybody else was just sort of floundering, trying to make sure that they had the basics. So we had the opportunity one day of sitting this person down and going, how do you do it? How do you learn it that quickly? You know, we could have assumed that that person was just, you know, particularly smart, but we instead chose to take that point of view of, well, their computer was probably about as uh, powerful as ours. Their brain was probably about as good as ours. They just had a superior program running in their brain for learning this kind of material. So we wanted to know what was that program? What were they doing in their brain while they were sitting there listening to the instructor and watching the instructor demonstrate this teaching methods that we were acquiring? And initially, the person that we were interviewing, this great learner, had no particular insight. (laughs) They said, well, I, I don't know. By the time I get done listening to them, I just seem to understand it. Well, we were a little relentless about this, and we kept asking more and more questions about what else were they doing just a little less than consciously when they were sitting there. And what came out over time was that in the back of their mind, they were imagining teaching this very same material to three or four other people people that they might be working with in the future or people that they've worked with in the past that were maybe particularly challenging. So some of the people they imagined teaching it to, it was very easy, and some of them were these more challenging clients of theirs. In the process of imagining this in the back of their brain, they were 
testing what they knew. They were trying it out. They were finding what they actually understood and what they yet needed to understand. And it was interesting in the prior class, prior to this interview that we were doing with them, they would ask the best questions of the instructors. And we were always like, well, how did they come up with that question? Well, this started to give us a clue about how, because they were already testing it and finding out what they didn't know, what, particularly with some of the challenging people, what the shortcomings of their understanding were. It also gave them a chance to rehearse what they knew. And that rehearsal already built the pathways in. They'd already done it a few times by the time that the instructor finished teaching the material. So a number of us started applying that in a lot of different ways. You know, if somebody was demonstrating how to ski, in the back of our minds, if we're imagining doing that, rather than, okay, it's just data, and then I'm going to go out on the slope and try and apply it. If we're already imagining it, if we're already seeing ourselves doing it and then stepping into doing it, it came much more easily. If somebody was teaching us the underpinnings of some area of biology, and we were already imagining applying it in some future context, it sunk in better. It stuck better. Another person that we've had a chance to interview was particularly good at taking tests. This was somebody that looked forward to taking tests. They thought it was fun. And as we sort of penetrated more what they did, because in the beginning they you know, like the prior person, really didn't know. But as we dug more into it, we found that as they were learning the material, they were already imagining taking the tests on the material. That did two things. It quizzed them in their own mind about, do I know it well enough to take that test? It also, as a memory device, hooked that information up to the test taking itself so that when they got to the time to take the test, it was already linked up in their brain because they'd already rehearsed it and had it readily available for that test. Another way of applying this principle that we've found a number of people do is as they're learning new information, they're already imagining somewhere in the future where they might use it. Now, sometimes this takes being pretty creative. Let's imagine that we're in some high school biology class and we're not sure how we're ever going to use this information, but we get a little creative about it and think, well, okay, what are the principles that I'm learning here? Maybe not so much the particulars about biology, but what are the basic principles with which organisms function from, how might I apply that to some future job where I can pull up that kind of insight, that kind of understanding, and make use of it? Or maybe I imagine some friend in the future sort of quizzing me about 
random uh, information, and they happen to ask me about this, and I just happen to have the information. Or how else can you be creative? How else can you think that, oh, someday, somehow, maybe this information, or again, the principles that it's based on, how might I use that? And that will very much help the brain figure out what it needs to know and engage that. Now, there's one more area, one more perspective that we want to bring to all of this, and that is making this enjoyable. You know, we started out saying, for some people, testing is worse than high-fiving a cactus. Well, how do we instead make this way of approaching testing fun enjoyable for ourselves? We find that people that learn best enjoy learning. It's one of the most common things about it. So what if we've been conditioned to not particularly enjoy learning? Well, a simple exercise, a simple thing you can do is think about anything else that you do enjoy. Really step into that feeling of enjoyment and then bring that back, if you will, to learning. Bring that back to, oh, if I pre-quiz myself, or if I quiz myself after I've just learned something, I want to bring that feeling of fun to it that I have at this other thing. You know, if my favorite thing is skiing, I can imagine that feeling of coming down the mountain, cutting the turns and the beauty of it all, and that whole feeling, and just sort of grab hold of that feeling and bring it over to whatever it is that I'm learning and to this quizzing myself, testing myself, or having somebody else do it, or any of the other ways that we've talked about. You can do the same thing with taking a test for a grade. Is Rather than anxiety, what happens if we grab onto this feeling of skiing or whatever it is that you use, and pulling that over to that test so that when we're thinking about taking the test, we condition ourselves to automatically get that feeling of skiing. Try that out. Experiment with this and maybe set yourself the task of this next week. Pick two different areas of learning. I mean, this could be as simple as reading two different paragraphs. And at the end of one of those paragraphs, you just question yourself about what did I just learn? What can I tell someone else about what was in that paragraph? What are the overall concepts? What are the details? And then go over that with ourselves and then go back and test and see how well did I do? And then read another paragraph and don't do anything about it. Just go on from there. And then a few days later, ask yourself, what do I remember about that first paragraph that I tested myself, and what do I remember about the second paragraph that I didn't? And just see how this works. I think you'll be very pleasantly surprised. Thank you for listening. Our purpose is supporting your capacity to learn and to attain all that you can imagine. We hope you use the perspectives and exercises that we have shared. Feel free to send us questions, ideas, experiences that might benefit our listeners via learntolearn.org, L-E-A-R-N-T-O-L-E-A-R-N. 
L-E-A-R-N.org. Finally, please help others by sharing our link with your friends, family, and other loved ones, since how you learn is how you live.